Blog Talk Radio. your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and a special welcome to the callers and chatters to the show tonight. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. Well, tonight's show is about Inspired by Courage, the descendants of the slave narratives. Now, they are uniquely positioned, if not obligated, to carry forward the largely forgotten work of their ancestors. At this moment in time, in the 400th year of the first ship landing of Africans in British colonial America, there's no better time to trumpet awareness about this watershed and our history and to encourage the entire nation to reflect, reclaim, and honor the history of a people who have contributed greatly to the American story. Well, I am so happy that several descendants of slave narratives are on the show tonight. The founder of Inspired by Courage, Regina Mason, is on for, the I think, the third or the fourth time, and she mm-hmm. is a descendant of William Grimes of Virginia who in 1825 wrote the first fugitive slave narrative in the U.S., The Life of William Grimes, the Runaway Slave, predates anti-slavery propaganda and is a work of literary independence. And we also have Susan Ryan. Susan Ryan is a descendant of Venture Smith, the son of a prince. In 1798, he chronicled his capture from Africa and life in New England in a narrative of the life and adventures of Venture, a native of Africa. And then we have Vera Williams. You all probably remember when Vera Williams and her family were on the show. She is a descendant of Solomon Northup and founder of the Solomon Northup Foundation. Solomon, a free man, was kidnapped and sold into slavery. After his rescue in 1853, he tells of the atrocities of slavery in his book, Twelve Years of Slave. And then we have Rob Brown. 
Rob is also a descendant of William Grimes, and he is the designer of the Inspired by Courage emblem. So let me give just a warm welcome to everyone, and then, Regina, welcome. Why don't you tell us more about Inspired by Courage and the other individuals that are not on the show tonight? Absolutely. Bernice, thank you so much for having me on your fabulous show again. I am so pleased to be here, and I think I can speak for everyone else on the show as well. Um, Yes, Inspired by Courage actually came about many years ago. I had the idea back in the 90s when I was first introduced to it by a professor by the name of Ken L. Jackson from Stanford University. And uh, Dr. Jackson um, wrote about this watershed in the 90s in the book, America is Me. And I had not known much about this upcoming 400-year celebration. Sadly, uh, Professor Jackson didn't live to see it, but I never, ever forgot what he gave me, the information he told me about this watershed. Uh, He was also the first professor that I shared my research with way back when in the early 90s, way before the internet and all that good stuff. But um, fast forward all these years to 2015, I sat down with my brother, who is the designer of the emblem um, Inspired by Courage. I told him that, you know, I really would love to put a visual to this watershed so that everyone could be testimony to this um, milestone. And lo and behold, we came up with apparel and memorabilia that gives honor and praise to our contributions in um, the United States. So, you know, I've been in this business for a long time on the the, um, speaker circuit, sharing the story of William Grimes. And along the way, I met up with these wonderful um, six other voices who are descendants of distinguished ancestors who left their mark in history through their narratives. Um, We've got Susie Ryan, of course, that you um, introduced earlier, and, of course, Vera Williams. But there's others. There's Rhonda Brace, who is a descendant of Jeffrey Brace, also known as Boreal Brace, who wrote, or he didn't actually write his book. He was very, he was literate, but he was blind, so his story was dictated to a gentleman by the name of, um, let's see if I can remember, Prentice, I believe, was the last name. Uh, uh, Rhonda's ancestor tells a wonderful story about his capture um, from West Africa, Mali, I think, to be specific, and how he 
he also chronicled uh, his journey through the Middle Passage, and it's just a compelling story. And Rhonda so eloquently talks about how she found later in life that she descended from Jeffrey Brace. Now, I am going to read briefly the synopsis to the Brace narrative that was written by Dr. Kari Winter, who um, republished the authoritative edition of The Blind African Slave. And he was captured, again, by slave traders at the age of 16, and where he was transported to Barbados. And he experienced the shock and trauma of slave breaking and was sold to a New England ship captain. After fighting as an enslaved sailor for two years in the Seven Years' War, Brace was taken to New Haven, Connecticut, and sold into slavery. After several years in New England, Jeffrey Brace enlisted in the Continental Army in hopes of winning his manumission. He served five years, five years of military service, and he was honorably discharged and was freed from slavery. As a free man, he chose in 1784 to move to Vermont, which was the first state to make slavery illegal. There he met an African woman and married her, bought a farm, and raised a family. And again, although he was literate, he became blind, I think as a consequence of the war, his war service. And he decided to publish his life story, which he narrated to a white anti-slavery lawyer by the name of Benjamin Prentice. And in 1810, his book was published. He also became a well-respected abolitionist. So here we have this incredible story that really nobody knows about unless you're in the the world of academia or you're seeking out the slave narrative. So we intend with Inspired by Courage to make these stories more mainstream because they're just as relevant then as they are today. Another person who's not on the um, call is Dr. Carver Gayton. He's from Seattle, Washington. He's an author and public historian, and he recently published two electrifying books on his grandfather, Lewis Clark. Both of, the first title is called Narrative of the Sufferings of Lewis Clark, which was the original narrative published in 1845 by his ancestor, and Carver updated it with an introduction. Carver is the retired founding executive director emeritus of the Northwest African American Museum. He's very prominent in his city of Seattle, Uh, He serves on many advisory committees for the University of Washington, uh, specifically the College of Education and the Evans School of Public Affairs. So briefly about his ancestor who escaped 
from bondage. By the, his name again is Lewis Clark. He was born into slavery, separated at the age of six from his Scottish father and quadroon mother in Madison County, Kentucky. He wrote about the atrocities he suffered in witness under new masters and the cruelty that was the institution of slavery. Uh, in life, he, he escaped from bondage. He traveled to Cambridge, Massachusetts, and he became a primary spokesman for the abolitionist movement in the Northeast and Canada in the 1840s and 50s. While in Cambridge, he lived in the home of Aaron and Mary Stafford, where he met with many times Harriet Beecher Stowe. Harriet Beecher Stowe, of course, you know, we all know her in history as the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin. Well, she met with Carver's ancestor many times, and she, he recited to her his story of cruelty under the yoke of slavery. And in Beecher's book, there's a character known as the rebellious quadroon named George Harris. Well, that character is based on the life of Carver's ancestor, Lewis Clark. So we get a wonderful sense of history coming to life through the ancestors or through the descendants of those that um, wrote and chronicled their histories. For posterity, and and let me let me mention Bernice that a lot of these narratives stand mm-hmm. to be lost to time. I mean, where who reads the slave narratives? But usually, people on college campuses, scholars, or someone who wants to study that genre of literature. But we, the descendants of Inspired by Courage, want to take this mainstream for another reason. But let me quickly tell you about Lynn Jackson. She's the founder of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, and she is the great-great-granddaughter of Harriet and Dred Scott, of that famous Dred Scott decision of 18, or court case of 1857. And her ancestors' case was a major reason for the Civil War and the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. So I'm not going to get too much into Lynn's story, and she, by the way, is part of this group. Her ancestor did not uh, leave a written uh, slave narrative, but there definitely is a written history because it is in every or should be in every um, school or elementary school's uh, history book. If it's not, then they're doing a disservice and not telling the full history. But it is definitely a case that's well documented. And so we include her in this because in the chronology of our stories, we basically tell a good portion of uh, the African-American experience in America. And the last person that I'd like to introduce who's not on this call tonight or uh, is uh, Peggy Trotter Damon Priestley. 
And she is the great-great-granddaughter of the escaped slaves William and Ellen Craft, who plotted one of the most daring escapes from slavery. Ellen, who is uh, Peggy's great-great-grandmother, was a mulatto slave who masqueraded as a white man, and her great-grandfather, William, pretended to be her slave. Her story is so fascinating, as all the other ones are as well. And her story was picked up by the abolitionist movement, and it was it's one of the famous uh, slave narratives of that era. Well, her ancestors... Um, fled from Macon, Georgia, to Philadelphia on foot, by train, and steamship under the eyes of southern slaveholders. From 1840 to 1850, they lived as fugitives, slaves in Boston, working with abolitionists and free blacks, and making numerous public appearances, sharing their remarkable story and speaking out against the brutal institution of slavery. When the Fugitive Slave Act was passed in 1850, they fled from Liverpool, England, and lived there for 19 years where they were educated. In 1860, they wrote and published their amazing story called Running a Thousand Miles for Freedom, which I mentioned earlier was widely circulated in anti-slavery press. So those are the the descendants that are part of this panel of um, ancestors, excuse me, descendants of the ancestors who wrote uh, slave narratives. And so we came together. We call ourselves Inspired by Courage because our ancestors inspired us. Uh, their virtues passed on to us, and we believe that it is incumbent upon us to keep alive their memory. Uh, you asked me, too, to tell a little bit about Inspired by Courage, and I'm simply going to say this. We are about reclaiming, remembering, and commemorating. Okay? Um Carter G. Woodson said this, and I always quote this wherever I go, those who have no record of what their forebears have accomplished lose the inspiration that comes from the teaching of biography and history. That's powerful. You can't be inspired by a biography that hasn't been written or a history that was never documented. Our ancestors knew this. They left words. And of their history, and because of that, we are empowered in ways that that flow through our DNA. And we want others to reclaim the voices of those who are marginal, who did not have the luxury of putting pen to paper. We we are asking the public to go back and reclaim their lives, especially under the 400 um, anniversary mark commemorating four centuries of the African-American story. Well, this is a very impressive group 
of individuals to come together to reclaim and to remember and to actually, you know, say we have the documentation of our ancestors because they left something in writing. One of the things that we're pushing for genealogists and family historians to do now is to write your story. Tell your story because you are going to be in the same position that many of these descendants are in now. They have reclaimed their ancestors. And, you know, just to think that all of you are together and you are available to inspire others just by sharing the stories of resilience. And, you know, I'm just... I'm just so excited. I mean, you you mentioned Lynn Jackson, and about three weeks ago I reposted a show of which Lynn Jackson was on talking about Dred and Harriet Scott. So, you know, I'm just, just so excited about Inspired by Courage. And so what I'd like to do, we're going to take just a really quick break, come back, and Vera, I want to know from you a little bit more about the journey. And so we'll talk about that. And then, Susie, I want you to tell us more. And then, Rob, I want Rob to come on and just tell us about the design and and what this all means to the general public. So we're going to take just a real quick break and come right back. back to Ancestors Footprints. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and you can join me every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where I will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy and history questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and Stitcher.com. Well, you just finished hearing from the founder of Inspired by Courage, Regina Mason, and our next guest will be Vera Williams. So, Vera... How is your ancestor, Solomon Northup's experience, documented in his book, 12 Years of Slave, and how is this relevant to the 400-year commemoration? 
Thank you for having me, Bernice. Um, it's great to be back on your show. And, yeah, we were here uh, a while ago, and um, this time talking about the 400 years of uh, African-American story. And I, I say that because it's very important, as we all know and we're talking about tonight, is to acknowledge, reclaim, commemorate, and share the stories of our ancestors who came before us because they laid the foundation for us. And what we have today is a direct result of the fruits of their labor. So it's very important for us to, to remember them and, and to share those stories and to not let those stories die. I think it's important, too, for folks who may not have had the, um, the fortunate experience of having their ancestors' stories um, in a book penned for them that there are other ways that they can find uh, information on the story. Um, uh, a lot of times in families, the stories are shared from generation to generation through spoken words. Uh, grandma's telling auntie something and auntie's telling her niece and her niece is telling her son. And so that story continues. And what's important for us that is not documented is to document that experience, to document that information. Um, get information about who, what, where, uh, where they were, who they married, uh, when they married, where they lived. That type of information is the beginning of documenting our ancestors' story if it was not done for you previously. I fortunately was um, blessed to have had uh, not only a documented story, but also my grandmother she told the story to her children, my mother. And so I'm the great, great, great granddaughter of Solomon Northup. So um, my mother, her mother, her father, their father, all shared the story and passed the story down. In addition to Solomon, um, my great, great grandfather actually did um, pen his story and put it in, in paper and it was further published in a book. And as a result, that story uh, four years ago ended up being on screen as the um, Oscar award-winning movie, uh, 12 Years of Slave. And it documented the atrocities of slavery, but it also documented something very, very significant. It documented his perseverance, which I share today. It documented his creativity, on how he had to hide who he was to survive because he was a free man, educated. He had to hide that fact once he was kidnapped and sold into slavery because they would have killed him. And so for 12 years, he had to be somebody that he was not. He was creative, and he was one of the few individuals who were, that we know of, kidnapped as a free person, sold into slavery, rescued, and then went and tried to take his captures to court. And all that information is documented. And so today, uh, as um, descendants of Solomon Northup, we have the Solomon Northup Foundation. It's operated by descendants of Solomon Northup. Um, we have a tour here in Washington, D.C., where we take people and on a tour, a bus tour, walking in Solomon Northup's footsteps when he was here in Washington, D.C. And we take you to the spots where he was at, and I think a lot of people have found it just really remarkable to know that some of the 
things that happened to him here in Washington, D.C., that at the sites that they were, what they are today, it's, it's amazing to think that something like that happened over 160 years ago at that site. So um, we, in our way, we're doing multiple different things, making sure that not, we're only reclaiming his history, but also sharing the history and hopefully encouraging others to do the same. Well, you know, the, the one thing uh, about slavery is that often African Americans don't want to talk about to talk about our history and slavery uh, because of the negativity that has been taught in many African American uh, history books. So, how does the foundation address this issue through your mission statement, keeping the flame burning? I'm so glad you asked me that because. That is so key. Many times people that we talk to, you know, they, they really don't want to hear about slavery. They don't want to hear about the violence. They don't want to hear about that negativity. One thing that we cannot escape is that slavery, there was violence. You can't take violence out of slavery. It's a part of slavery. But what we can do, we don't need to stay there at the slavery piece, and we don't need to stay there at the negative piece. We don't need to stay there. What we can do is we can turn that negativity into something positive, and that is what we do. We turn it into a positive, and we encourage other folks to do that as well, too. And the way that we do that is through education. We talk more about what, where we were, yes, but where we have come today. These, mm-hmm. Our ancestors built the economic infrastructure of the United States of America. A lot of people don't know that. Our, our labors built this country. And, and, and we have so many people, just by looking at the people who are on this, this uh, committee here, Inspired by Courage, they are doing things to talk about and inspire other individuals. So what the foundation is doing is we are encouraging other individuals through education uh, to talk more about where we are, what we've done, what we've accomplished, and to keep passing that story on to the point where no longer is the focus of the 400 years on slavery, whereas the focus is definitely about where our ancestors were and what they did for us, but is where we are, where we've become, and where we are going, and taking that negativity and turning it positive. That is just wonderful, and I'm I'm really glad that you uh, have the mission statement of keeping the flame burning because you're Thank telling you. people, let's not just stay on the negative. Let's look at perseverance. Let's look at resilience. Let's look at where our people are today, but understand that they did have a journey, and this Absolutely. journey, this journey for all of us has made a difference because, yes, you can say, my ancestor helped build America, and everybody can say that. So I want to just thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Vera, and just tell everyone how can they uh, hear more from you. What should they do? How can they contact you if they want to know more about the foundation? So we have an awesome website. It's called the Solomon NorthupFoundation.com, and at the Solomon Northup Foundation, we have uh, information about what we have done in the past, um, what we're planning on doing, and um, also there is a page there now 
on um, Inspired by Courage. And so you can read more about the group um, that we uh, talked about today. And also, uh, Regina talked about the memorabilia that was designed um, by Rob uh, Brown. Um, there's also a link to uh, purchasing the memorabilia, memorabilia. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Um, I think people would be very proud to wear it, and it looks great, too. So, um, again, SolomonNorthupFoundation.com. You can find more information. My information's there, and um, please reach out and give us a call. We'd love to share our story and encourage you. Thank you so very much. And Susie, Susie Ryan, why don't you tell us more about... Uh, Venture Smith. Okay, well, I am um, a little different in how I approach telling people and educating people about my ancestor. Um, I am a fiber artist and quilter, and I tell my story of my ancestors through cloth. And so my um, stories are visually depicted and documented in cloth because cloth carries so many memories for so many people. And it's, um, it's an easier way for people to take the harsh reality of slavery, the, the, the subjects that people don't want to look at, and make it pretty but yet still tell a story. And so my ancestor, I deemed him as the godfather of spoken truth because he did not write his narrative accordingly um, because at the time he was not allowed to learn how to read or write. His story was narrated to a school teacher in Connecticut and printed in 1798. And um, he told his story when he was 60, captured in 17, well, he was not captured, he was um, walked through the door of no return in West Africa. survived the transatlantic slave trade. Um, His ship stopped in Barbados, and then it went on to uh, colonial Rhode Island, where his first um, master lived. And he was um, a young child then, and he, he learned quickly. And his story that he narrated, when again, when he was 69 years old, um, pretty much everything that he had narrated as far as physical evidence, that, you know, people didn't really believe his story. He was more related, at, uh, people considered him to be like the Paul Bunyan of Connecticut um, for different feats of his strength and what he accomplished in one day fishing and courting wood and he was just a, a huge character, not character, but huge personality in the state of Connecticut as a slave and, and when he purchased his freedom. Um, and so he wound up purchasing his freedom in 1765 and amassed um, many acres of land after he purchased his freedom. Uh, one piece of his property in Stonington, Connecticut is still pretty much untouched since he purchased it in 1770, um, bordering the property of one of his masters. He had five masters, or he was 
four masters and before he earned his freedom, and one of the masters uh, he was uh, hired out to uh, from one of his previous masters. He purchased the, the freedom of his children, his wife, and four other slaves, and he was just, to me, an amazing person, and yet everything that he wrote about, or excuse me, that he narrated in his narrative, um, scholars today all over the country are finding legal documentation and pinpointing exact dates as to the name of the ship and when the ship sailed and where it sailed to, and um, one of his deeds has actually been found um, and he is part of the Smithsonian. Um, there is a display up on Venture Smith at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. Um, and the, the, the display is the deed of his property that he purchased in Stonington, Connecticut. Um, and like I said, the property is pretty much left untouched. And correlating with, with the title of your show, Bernice, Ancestors Footprints, as children in my family... My grandparents and uncle, we would go boating, and I was born and raised in Connecticut, and we would go boating, and we would launch, my grandparents and uncle would launch the boats from Stonington, Connecticut, a part of Stonington called Wickety Clock, and throughout my childhood and as an adult, I'd always hear about Wickety Clock, and unbeknownst to my family, Wickety Clock and where the boat launch is um, in Barn Island Wildlife Sanctuary is the part of the property that our ancestor, Venture Smith, owned. So we were walking in the footsteps of our ancestor. And, again, my contribution in re-educating people, um, I do it through my art. And one of my pieces is uh, Hidden in Plain Sight, about Ventures land, the 26 acres in Stonington, Connecticut, because he did wind up living in East Haddam, Connecticut, and owning about 150 acres of property of of land that eventually became the Connecticut Yankee Power Plant. Um, so, his his perseverance, um, his good nature as far as he was a very frugal person um, and the fact that he in his narrative he never he never talked about um, what he lost as far as the sense of you know losing his country he talked about his family and his father and where he came from but he took what was dealt to him in life and made it a better life for him and his family and I think it's pretty amazing. I also call him a uh, pre-revolutionary civil war, uh, civil rights activist. I think it's pretty amazing that for someone in his time frame was able to acquire and amass everything that he did. And so I am just thrilled well, that, that's to just be an part amazing of Inspired story. by Courage. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Well, Susie... Just as Vera mentioned that many stories are shared through spoken word, was that the case with you and your family? Yes, it was. Um, so in my family, we, we have Venture Smith is not the only 
known slave ancestor, documented slave ancestors we have in our family. But we we knew more about our other ancestor than we knew about Venture as far as, like I said, Venture was treated as like a um, a folklore in Connecticut. And, and we have, I have many relatives still in Connecticut in the area of where Venture lived and, and worked, um, still in Connecticut. So there are numerous descendants still in the same area um, as Venture. And it's like our lives are intertwined. Um, he was, like I said, so many things. He was a whaler, and um, he lived on Fisher's Island. And, again, we used to go to Fisher's Island as children and, you know, go picnicking and swimming. And it's just so much of our lives are intertwined and in not realizing just how much we were still walking in our ancestors' footsteps. And it was passed down, um, like, it was passed down in the family, and at one point, one of my um, my grandmother supposedly had the original narrative of Venture's story, and, uh, you know, between family selling property and everything, I think it was misplaced, but we did know about Venture, it's just we didn't, we we had the luxury of other scholars doing the actual footwork for us, so, again, unlike some of the people in Inspired by Courage that did the, the footwork of the genealogy, other scholars did the footwork for our family and were so appreciative of it. But we're also reclaiming our ancestor because I think it's, it's, it's such an honor to be able to say that was my ancestor. And it's such a privilege to be able to say I can go back and trace who I am and where I came from and that I'm doing something to make my ancestor be proud of me. Yes, something that I think all of us want to be able to say, that you are yes. definitely making your ancestor proud of what you are doing and how you are definitely reclaiming your ancestor and reclaiming your story, too. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk to Rob Brown. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the Hello. show. I appreciate it very much to be on your show. Well, great. Well, Rob is also a descendant of William Grimes, and Rob designed the the logo for uh, Inspired by Courage. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us about the logo, what does it represent, and what is its meaning? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, to begin, I'd like to say that um, working with my sister Gina has been um, a, quite an eye-opening experience. So we date back together on projects prior to finding our ancestor, William Grimes, um, with her interest in genealogy. And I want to acknowledge my Aunt Catherine, who was the basis of um, the beginning of the knowledge that Gina began her search uh, with other family members. Uh, it's been a team effort. And I also want to say that my son, the next generation, has been kind of taking up the mantle uh, by assisting uh, to getting where we are uh, today visually, so to speak. So Gina and I had a conversation way back when, uh, we're saying 2015, uh, she brought up the idea, let's get this information out. We have to get this to the public. We have to have this um, recognized. 
So uh, we talked about what kind of imagery we'd want to do and where we wanted to take it. So um, the Inspired by Courage um, commemorating four centuries of the African-American story was um, developing in that time frame. Uh, We had gone through a number of iterations, but the concept here was to visually tell a story through a strong and powerful iconic imagery. And by doing so, to achieve that, uh, I utilized the uh, backdrop of a stylized American flag. Obviously, this is something that uh, what we're all talking about, the history of our country. And that would be juxtaposed with the number 400, uh, which was representing uh, iron and, and strength and power. Now, iron at the time was uh, used as a device to shackle and restrain and control and oppress. But here it is now um, looked at as a symbol of strength and power and resiliency and courage that brings us all together. Even though we were um, enslaved, we as a people persisted, and we are where we are today through the stories that we hear from the descendants, which are completely compelling. And if anyone has the time to research their family history, please do. You should be find that one person who has a great interest and have them start that program. So uh, once we have those two images together and making a strong and powerful statement, The uh, images actually are acknowledging and emphasizing our story, African-American story, uh, that developed our nation through advancements and prosperity and unity. We are that foundation, and I believe Varian mentioned that uh, our nation is built by our energy and our power, and we do need to change the uh, look of uh, not necessarily look, but the the sense of slavery, because slavery is just general. When you get into the real stories, as we see through the stories, through the descendants here, they're real people, and we were not enslaved because we wanted to. There are very, I'm sure there's plenty of stories uh, that depict courage that we don't hear because it's lost to time. Well, my sister has mentioned that many times. Find your history so it won't be lost to time. And here we are trying to get the word out that we are commemorating our time here and looking at the positive. So with having all this imagery together, having a powerful visual, we have applied it to the um, memorabilia and the um, well, commemorating uh, the event with uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, any kind of paraphernalia that you can wear in a sense that we are unifying again and we're expressing our uh, heritage and getting the word out because if we don't tell the story, it won't be heard. And if we don't research and and keep the story, it won't be known. So I just want to make sure that everyone have an opportunity to visit the websites of our descendants. Uh, We can visit the um, um, reginamason.com to see her uh, website. But there's also um, a contact information if you'd like to take a look and order any material that you would uh, like to 
share with the world. And that you can be found inspiredbycourage.com forward slash radio. And there you have it. It is a compelling image, if I say so myself. Uh, it does bring great pride to our organization, and I hope that it brings great pride to all those who embrace it. Well, thank you very much. So, Regina, you all have the 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 group. You have formed this organization. You have memorabilia. So how can we spread the word, and how are you all spreading the word throughout the United States so that individuals can hear your stories? Oh, thank you so much for asking that question, Bernice. Inspired by Courage, I want people to look at it as this. It's a new expression and celebration of black pride honoring four centuries of the African-American story in the United States. Our goal, Bernice, is to spread public awareness. Not everybody knows uh, the milestone that we are that is upon us. So we want the public to take part in this, not only through listening to our stories so that you can cultivate your own stories, but as a unifying message of pride as art and testimony through the purchases of um, our apparel. Because, you know, we, we can walk this land and walk over um, historic spots if they are un, if they if there's no placard that denotes what once existed here, we walk over it. We don't see it. We don't know about it. And that has been much of our history. It has been omitted from the mainstream American narrative. Case in point, when I started doing research on my African American roots in California, I had no idea that there was a rich and thriving network of New Englanders that came here and Southerners that came here that started literary societies, newspapers, schools, and so on and so forth. All of this not part of the California history that's taught in schools. So when you don't know and you can't see it, you 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 miss out. You can't feel like you're part of the makeup. So that's why it was so important for Rob and I to come up with an, with the imagery that could be um, a visual that everyone can see, so people could start asking questions. What is that? What, what does that represent? So we can get the dialogue moving. And we were no longer hidden in plain sight. You are now wearing a piece of art, and you're also giving testimony to our existence. So um, I wanted to just briefly say a couple things, Bernice, that I omitted, that I forgot to mention. And, and I did tell you about Peggy Priestley. I told you about her heritage, but I didn't say how that impacted her. Peggy has made history in her own right. She was a freedom writer and a 1960s civil rights activist. 
She was jailed in Georgia for registering blacks to vote. She marched with Julian Bond. She was visited by Dr. King when she was in jail as a teenager. Okay, today she's a poet and public health professional. She resides in California. I'm saying all this because she was grounded. She knew where she came from. Her ancestors left that legacy for her. And I can't drive the message home that if you know where you've been, where you come from, then you have a good indication of where you are headed. So that's why our mission is to reclaim, remember, and commemorate. Um, well, I love it. That, I mean, this is just wonderful. And you're right. I mean, if you know where you come from, <laughs> It makes all the difference in the world, and you're right to reclaim, <laughs> reclaim it. Did you have anything else you want to say before we close out tonight's show? Yes, I do. I want people to go to inspiredbycourage.com forward slash radio. Again, inspiredbycourage.com slash radio become part of the movement get inspired if you are interested in speaking engagements um, specific to our group inspired by courage you can also go to that same website leave us a message we do individual uh, speaking engagements and we do collective speaking engagements and please contact us if you are a small organization to a large organization and ask us how we can help you fundraise for your organization. Bernice, I want to thank you so much for having us all on the air, and we look forward to hearing from your listeners. And we thank you so much for being a beacon in the community nationally, helping others tell their stories. Well, a special thanks to all of you for sharing this wonderful journey of every descendant, because when we hear of your descendant, we then imagine, well, what was it like for my descendant? So everyone, I just want to just Thank you for coming on. And for those of you who have been listening, I want you to remember your ancestors left footprints, and you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. Now, you can continue this discussion on the Research at the National Archives and Beyond Facebook page and Afrogenius Facebook page. And also remember to listen to the African Roots podcast with Angela Walton Raji and also watch for the Black Progen Live with host Nika Soul Smith. Thank you so much for joining Ancestors Footprints Blog Talk Radio, and I look forward to all of you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.